What is up, Holgamaniacs? Welcome to another freshly baked episode of Big Boys and Body Slams. My name is Zach. Over here, we have Luke. Oh, yeah, Big Boys and Body Slams, yeah! And we have Kyle over here. I'm still here, and Luke just got another loss in fantasy football. Oh, and four, yeah! Yikes. Anyways, we are Big Boys (laughs) and Body Slams. Episode eight, by the way, right? Eight? Yeah, yeah, dude. I'm gonna ask for clarification every time. Yeah, we're we're at uh we're episode almost, eight. We're almost to double digits. That is. What should we do for ten? Well, we, already, we, have, already yeah, we already have it planned out. No, no, no. I know, but we got to do like something like celebratory. We should get uh, party poppers and, and blo- pop them off in here. As long as you guys clean it up. Yeah, of course. Um, uh, right now, you can listen to us on a variety of platforms like iTunes, what, Google Play, mm-hmm. YouTube, SoundCloud. That's it. Not Spotify. That's, I've kind of that ship might have sailed. We'll get we'll get there eventually. One day Spotify, we're gonna come to your front door. Yes, yes. We have we're an interesting show down. today, but first a little bit of housekeeping, guys. We need to be a little vulnerable. We need to wear our hearts a little bit on our sleeves right now. In the arms of an angel. Thank you, Luke. Guys, we're slowing down a little bit. We came out of the gates pretty strong. People were listening. People were responding. People were were engaging. We cooled off a little bit, and we don't like that. Big, the big boys and body slams do not like that. So we need you guys to listen, share, engage with us, talk to us. We need it. We need your feedback. Let's keep the dream alive. Keep the dream alive. Keep Holgamania alive. It says, please help for your audio listeners. Yeah, uh, we're slowing down, and, and let's, let's get back to the point where we were at, where we were really kicking some heavy duty booty, as Dude Love would say. Uh, support the podcast any way you can. We do have Some a Patreon. Some heavy duty booty. Thank you. I was hoping you'd do the impression there. I'm not an impression guy. Um, we are on patreon.com slash bigboysandbodyslams. A lot of cool perks to check out there. We have a merch store up, bigboysbodyslams.storeenvy.com. Two weeks in a row with no t-shirt sales. My so heart, let's, let's my get heart, some t-shirts, my soul, guys. Man. Let's get yeah. some shirts going. Don't make me yell at my dad to buy one, man. Do it anyways. He should buy I'm one. I'm going to yell at my dad to buy he one. He should definitely buy one. Um, we are on Twitter at BB and BS Podcast. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a handle, but once once you find you can just search Big Boys and Body Slams. We're probably the only account that'll come up. We have our I do have to say, a little brag time. We do have our first professional wrestler or ex professional wrestler following us on Twitter. Luke, who is it? The one and only Sean Stasiak. Doctor. Doctor. Sorry, sorry. So, so Sean, if you're listening, I'm, I'm sure he's he's listening, right? He's gotta be listening. Yep. Thank, thanks for the follow, bud. Uh, what do we have today, guys? We have a request show from Dakota Zankner, best friend of the podcast. Woo! The very best friend yeah, of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We bumped he's, that right up there on the list. Yeah, he's our man. Uh, he said WrestleMania 10, one of his all-time favorite shows. Kind of got to disagree with him on that. WrestleMania but, X. Yeah, okay, WrestleMania X, which means 10 in Roman numerals. Yes. So. Oh, thanks, genius. But yeah, Dakota said this is one of his favorites. 10 Years in the Making was the uh, uh, catchphrase for this WrestleMania, and... It's coming to us from March of 1984 from Madison Square Garden. 1994, I come on. From Madison Square Garden in New York City. Should we get into it? Yeah, the show. Uh, before we get in, I want to say the show is pretty good, but I don't think it stands the test of time that it once did. I'm also going to say, in the first episode, we talked about those video packages, the WrestleMania video packages, and I was saying, if if I have to uh, see that little tidbit of, um, I, think, I, think I, said, I think I said mariachi at, at that time or something, <laughs> but Liberace, Liberace, RIP, and I got your name right. Uh, yeah, so t- t- uh, what Luke's basically saying is we did get, it wasn't even a video package, it was just a WrestleMania 1 hype package, which would be kind of a theme of the night, uh, and... 
you know, it's 10 years in the making, so of course we're going to go through each WrestleMania, starting with one, which is basically what the show opened with. And I think also it, it's a good thing to point out that this is a weird era for WWE. This is yeah, they're kind of they're kind of moving away from the Hogan era. You know, you're seeing Savage in one of his last matches. You're seeing Henning and Piper who are almost out of there as well. These those three are going to be going to WCW with Hogan yep, soon. Yep. But you you're not quite at the height of the Austin era. So you're in this era where Bret Hart is going to be the new guy that carry the company. They're trying to make Lex Luger to be the be the next Hogan and they're setting guys like Michaels up for future success too. Yeah, so that it does make for a very uh, interesting dynamic on the show, I think. And again, something else a little different this week is that typically we all watch the shows together and then directly mm-hmm. uh, give our feedback about them after. But we're kind of always talking to each other during the show. Uh, this week, however, had some some things to deal with. During Somebody's the more important than us. Evening, and mm. I uh, watched the show separately. So this is going to be an unfiltered reaction uh to that they have to my reaction from the show so that's going to be interesting as we go along we really don't we haven't really talked about it that much we mostly don't know what we thought of the matches so that'll be fun yay should we get into it yep let's do it so after that uh little wrestlemania one hype package vince is in the ring and he welcomes little richard who comes out little richard he's not quite at that point yet he's kind of doing his uh like broadcasting voice well and, he, and King is up. ripping Little Richard the shreds. Yeah, and Richard does come out to sing. Uh, can I call him Richard or is it Little Richard? Call him Little Rich. Little 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 Richie there you go. Uh, comes out to sing uh, America little. the Beautiful. Uh, beautiful, beautiful rendition of America the Beautiful. Very early '90s. Just the whole presentation of WWE at this time. Soulful. Just it's yeah. And it, it actually makes me. Uh, you go back and you look at Johnny B. Bad, Mark Marrow's character in WCW, who was like patterned exactly after Little Richard. And it's uncanny how close they make him look like I Little know. Richard. You know, especially without him being black. Oh, like definitely. Mark Merrow just being white guy. Definitely. <laughs> um, so he sings America the Beautiful, stirring rendition. He has a chorus backing him up. It's it's pretty sweet. And then ringside, the king gets introduced as Vince McMahon's broadcast partner. So we do have Vince and the king in the booth. Yes? Two things. I'm sorry. Jerry Lawler is fucking hilarious in this pay-per-view. Oh, he's great. So, so, he's, off so, his, he's off his meds. So, so I'm, I'm going to keep you very informed on Lawler quotes, and uh, let's just start off with uh, King pop it up. Is that his real voice, or is his underwear just too tight? <laughs> great one. Classic. Also, Vince, Vince said Little Richard is arguably the original king of rock and roll. That's Elvis. What the hell, dude? Vince, nobody said that. It just proves that nothing's changed. Shut with like, the hell up. It just proves that nothing's changed with the extreme lengths that Vince always likes to go. Like Even back then, he's he's going to extremes all the time. Just like WWE's favorite band, Lamp Biscuit. Roll and roll and roll and roll. Yeah! What? That was awesome. <laughs> uh, so we do get, after that, one of our only video packages from the night that is not uh, based on old WrestleManias, and that is the hype package for the first match of the night, which, of course, is Brett versus Owen Hart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something real quick about yeah. Brett and Owen, I guess. I've never really been a Brett fan because I don't like him. But I like his wrestling, but I don't like his attitude outside of wrestling lately about all the other wrestlers, I guess. So I guess it's inside wrestling still. But his color schemes that he wore were always the, the best. Oh, the, yeah. The, the themes, the, the, the glasses. Yep, the, the pink and black mm-hmm. and the glasses. and which Oh, I, he always looked like a badass. Which I'm, uh, I just came directly from work here today, so I'm just going to pretend like I'm... Supporting the hitman. Wait, I thought this was your job. He means at the studio. He was yeah, cool. yeah, oh, yeah. cutting I some was, promos. Was, and oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Zach 
Take us in with the action. Yeah, so we do get a little video package hyping things up. Basically, Owen is jealous of Brett and wants to be better than him in every way. Thinks he is better than him and is going to prove that tonight. Uh, both men make their entrances. Uh, Owen comes out, you know, kind of wearing the shades, the Brett shades, gets to the ring, tears them up into pieces. I Love really it. liked that a lot. That was really nice Such touch. a good heel, dude. And then, of course, Brett comes out and just gets a mammoth pop from this crowd. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest pops of the night. They love Brett. And they do not like Owen at all, which, and like in a good way, he's got some nice classic heel heat. Ah, the old days of kayfabe. Yes. Um, so they get in the match, and immediately when they get started, they get started. We get a lot of mat based technical wrestling to start. Of course, why would you expect any different from Bretton and Owen Hart, two of the uh, better technical wrestlers, I think, in the history of the. Better? Two of the best. Thank you. Thank you. In, in the history of wrestling. Me uh, and Luke were talking about it during mm-hmm. the match. Brett, Brett is number one or two. Yep. On the best technical wrestling. Angle, Angle's the only one that can touch him. And then Owen's in top five. Yep. I, I, I agree. I mean, you got to probably put Daniel Bryan out, up there and William mm-hmm. Regal or something like that. Both those two. Yeah, Chris. Chris Benoit, yes. Yeah, um, somebody like that. Yeah. But Owen's Owen's got to be top five. And I will say that, I mean, Brett is just in a league of his own technically, but Owen also is no slouch either. He's tremendous, but uh, what he does lack... That Brett has in technical wrestling, Owen makes up for it in agility and, and the high flying stuff. And, and yeah. what Owen lacks is really just oh yeah yeah it's like for sure a hair. The, and this it showed in this match just how both men were pretty much at the top of their game. I think oh, here. Yes. Um, yes yes yes. So uh, eventually, um, Owen gets sent outside. Doesn't care for that. Comes back in and just slaps Brett. Just open hand slap right in the face. I love a good heel slap, and that was a very good one. And then Owen gets into a headlock, but he escapes, and lots of more technical work after that. And then there's a cradle roll-up by Brett for the first near fall of the matchup, and then Owen gets sent back outside and then gets back in. Brett hits another roll-up for a near fall, and then we get a very short rest hold, which gets countered into a backslide for a near fall. A lot of backslides and cradles, I noticed in this match just for near falls. Just sweet counters, dude. Yeah, yeah, just a lot of quick action. Uh, again, both guys in the prime just doing what they did best. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really nice to see. Um Eventually, both men get outside. Brett gets sent into the post, which is kind of funny because in 1994, they were selling that like, that's the end of the match. Like, Brett's dead. But in in today's WWE, it's like one of the most overused spots, I Mm -hmm. think. And so it's nice to back then to see it and have it actually mean something. Well, and the crazy thing is, is, you know, as much as we see it nowadays, it's still, to me watching it now, it still meant something. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the, it felt like the, the you know, hitting your face on the post, it felt like they were selling it harder. It felt like it looked more realistic. Even the steel step spots looked way more brutal to me for whatever reason. You know what else was during these matches? There were a couple times where guys would jump to the outside of the ring. Like, not suicide dive. Yeah, like you planches. Know, planches, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like a huge spot for those fans. Those fans were yeah, going nuts yeah. for it. Um, I think there's one in this match. Well, I think, I think I, there is. Um, I think that part of the reason that, that the spot looked so much better back then was that the ring post was actually steel back then as opposed to being like that weird meshy screen LED that it is now so it just had more you know impact back then if that makes sense um, so we get back in the ring Owen hits a really nice Cobra, cobra clutch on, uh, on Brett who escapes and then Owen decides he doesn't like the escape and hits just this sweet belly-to-belly suplex off of an Irish whip. That was one of my favorite spots in this match. I don't know if anyone does it better. The quickness on it. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, uh, Brett was Irish whipped, and then it it was almost like, you know how Randy does that running power slam? It was like that, but it was a belly-to-belly suplex. It was it, it was a really cool spot. Um, then we get a crossbody for a near fall. Owen taunts the crowd, and then um, 
Owen hits a bridging German suplex that was really nice for a near fall. I actually kind of bought into that maybe it was going to be the finish of the match. It was pretty convincing. Um, and we were just getting started, really. Uh, so Brett blocks a suplex into a roll-up for a near fall. Owen hits a tombstone and then misses for a flying headbutt. Uh, the tombstone that he should have hit on Austin. The, the tombstone looked great, and so did the flying headbutt. I will say that uh, I, I my sphincter was clenched when he was going for that tombstone. Uh, uh, as long as he's not sitting out, he's got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it it, it was a, it was a good spot. And if I see, it's obviously it's something you don't see anymore. Pile drivers in general is obviously something you don't see anymore in WWE. Well, and there well, came a, there came a point where I mean, back then, sure you could use a tombstone, but once Taker became the the guy, I mean, which he kind of was, but kind of wasn't. Once he became the guy, no one was touching the tombstone. Really, Taker and Kane are the only two you ever see a pile driver from any anymore. Right. And Kane very rarely breaks out the tombstone. Yeah. yeah no. So it was kind of funny to just see it as a spot in this matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he does miss for the flying headbutt, and then Brett recovers, hits a clothesline for a near fall, gets a Russian leg sweep for a near fall, then gets an axe handle for a near fall. Cannot put Owen away, and then Owen recovers, hits an enziguri, tries for a sharpshooter. Mm. Brett tries for a sharpshooter of his own. Both men are able to get out of it. Owen goes for a backslide off the counter for a near fall. And then Brett, uh, Owen, or Owen, sorry. <laughs> Owen goes outside to catch his breath. He does. And Brett hits a flying crossbody over the top rope onto Owen. The crowd popped big for that. And I think that's the spot maybe you were mentioning that's, yeah, that was uh, earlier, Kyle. Uh, really cool to see Brett kind of pull that out of his repertoire. Because I was thinking, I wonder if we're going to see anything high risk. Because it's not something I associate with Bret Hart, really. When I think Bret Hart, I don't think of him doing high risk things like that and to see him kind of pull that out at a desperate time in this matchup was really really well done right you know, go oh, ahead oh i was just gonna say uh after that you know brett started selling the leg yeah mm-hmm. and i thought owen did a really good job yeah lo- of, and i, I wrote down healing here. it up by making fun of his limp brett would limp and then owen would Such mock a him good heel. and I, I was sitting there i'm like that's a lost art now and there's yeah. not too many guys other than kevin owens yeah in the that's WWE who i think that do it yeah well not only that just the offense he was getting on brett's knee after that cross body spot was really innovative and it, it was it was not it was you know obviously he ran his ran his knee into the post at one point he hit this like modified figure four almost it was before he got the actual yeah when he four. pushed the knee with his yeah, foot yeah Yep. I mean that was really cool. I've never seen that hold done I can't, before. It's some sort of death lock. I can't remember yeah. what it's called. This whole match after this part, Brett was holding his knee and acting like his knee was hurt. Yeah, and that's something that in a lot of matches, I think it was New Blood Rising where was it Booker T forgot yep, yep, that he yep. was selling his knee injury. <laughs> that, that was so ridiculous. But you no. see that all the time. The yeah. guys forget that their legs no, are that, supposed that's to be hurt, and things- Brett keeps it up to the whole show because he's the ultimate storyteller yeah, yeah exactly that's, that's one of the things that i've been harsh on in wrestling matches is and i've said it time and time again on this podcast is that when you don't do it right the selling of, of one body part in a match can just drag the momentum mm-hmm. and the pace of a match down mm-hmm. this was not that at all no this added to the story of this match and it added fuel to the fire and brett sold it well but he was still able to get offense in and he was still able to uh do a lot of his moves in his repertoire except maybe one very important move that was in his repertoire which would be his finishing move um which i think he did get in but oh yeah i do know i will say this right quick i'm sorry i know we're gushing uh he does deserve it we have crapped a little bit on brett so yes he absolutely deserves it but th- you said i didn't expect that crossbody from him um and that kind of brings up a great point about brett hart is he just does uh, he just takes the spots that are the most logical like like his timing is so perfect to bust out a high spot that he doesn't have to do them all the time that doesn't have to be his signature because he's going to bust it out when the time is right and when he knows that we get the biggest pop and the biggest momentum shift yeah yeah definitely um so again brett is selling his knee owen's really working it over he at one point does get the actual figure four in but brett uh, is able to reverse the pressure and then get to the ropes once Owen starts to reverse it back. Uh, so he gets out of that. 
and then Brett is really hobbling at this point, and then Owen does get sent hard into the corner for a near fall, and then Brett hits a running bulldog for another near fall. Beautiful. That bulldog, that bulldog was, nice. was great. Um, I'm gushing on Brett tonight, and I never do this. Both I, men looked fantastic. <laughs> oh yeah, so crisp every move. Every single move was crisp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it was art. <laughs> I think was I think dance? one of my dream matches, like that's never gonna happen, would be Prime Bret Hart versus Prime Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would can, love can that. Can you imagine? I would love that. Yeah. Um, and then a really nice superplex, uh, which I said out loud by myself. That was a nice superplex. <laughs> I think we might have said that too. <laughs> I think we did, yeah. Uh, can't put Owen away with that. Owen just is, is kicking out of everything in this match. He looked really strong here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Owen does get the um, sharpshooter. Brett reverses. Owen, or sorry, Brett gets the sharpshooter. Owen gets the rope break. And then Brett goes, sends Owen into the corner and then like gets on his shoulders like an electric chair, but Brett's doing it on purpose. And then he goes for kind of a sunset flip. The, the victory roll is yeah, what it's called. Yeah, but uh, he can't get the... He, Owen telegraphs it, basically, and can see it coming, and doesn't let him roll him over, and instead pins Brett mm-hmm. for the victory. So good. What a neat finish that so was. So good. Uh, it, it was totally a way of like, yeah, I, I know the way my brother wrestles. I've scouted him, and it was I know what he's going to try. And he stopped it, and it was logical, and it made sense. And surprisingly enough, Owen gets the win here. It was a. It I was, was surprised. A, it was a really fantastic match. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was. It was a hot opener. The crowd loved it. What but, a way to start the WrestleMania. Yeah, I would have almost rather it gone on last though. But well, and I think I think this was I, this rivalry did not end there. No, I'm pretty no, sure no. this was the same year that they had that SummerSlam match, the SummerSlam cage match, I the think? cage match. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it was. I mean, th- their rivalry was amazing. Owen Hart is just. He's the man. He's such a great heel, and he's always been like that. He's always been like so good at that whiny, um, you know, woe is me, I'm the better. Just the the younger, spoiled brat brother. Yeah, you enough know? is enough, and it's time for a change. I always remember him. Uh, I think this was around his time in the nation. If anyone remembers that, when yep. he would, when people would call him, the crowd the would call, call him a nugget, and yeah. he would get so nugget. mad. I am not a nugget. That was like my, <laughs> my lasting memory of Owen. Um, I I just wish they could come to some agreement I know, to let deserves, him in the Hall of Fame he because deserves he deserves it. Yeah, and, and you know what taken, his his brothers and sisters and family deserve that moment. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a shame that he was taken from us when he was. He was so talented. Um, about this match though, I'm gonna give it a four point two five. I mm. thought it was fantastic. Oh yeah, I gave it four and a half. I thought it was one of the best matches. Probably one of the best matches in WrestleMania history. It was very good. That's up there, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 gave, it a, I gave it four and a half. Um, there's a couple things. Uh, Lawler quote. I should have just stopped you in the middle. Lawler quote time. Uh, I can see Helen. <laughs> it's referring to uh, the heart's mother, Helen. I can see Helen now, two inches away from the screen. It's the only way she can see. That's right. <laughs> Hearing aids turned all the way up. I think you threw in there, yeah, too. Yeah. And then... Uh, uh, this is back when you could tell what kind of era they were in because when you heard the like the Brett pump up chants, it was just straight kids. Like it was just, oh, yeah. let's go, Brett. And then uh, last thing, something you guys didn't know, which I was actually surprised. Uh, back then, wrestlers didn't tap to submit. So like Kyle saw Brett you know tap in the mat and was like isn't that isn't that a submission no like so you had to say i give up and i'm pretty sure that was ken shamrock when he came in they like that was his whole thing he's gonna make you tap and kurt angle to all that but i think it was when they they introduced that from ufc i think that's kind of yeah something I, that I never mixed. knew that yeah i never knew that either i always thought tapping but i guess that's out was where just... i guess it makes sense because that's where ask him probably comes from because you hear 
heel wrestlers say that all the time. Chris Jericho is really famous for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess maybe that's the origins of that. It makes sense. Uh, but I'm glad that we can have tapping in today's. Oh, yeah, no, it makes it way more dramatic. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so p- uh, what'd you give the match? Luke? Yeah, four and a half. Brilliant. Yep. Amazing. Great, great way to start. A super, super hot opening match. After that, we do get a interview backstage with Owen. Who has some I was, yeah, yeah, spit. I was trying to pay attention to what he said, but he had this like a loogie dry spit on the side of his mouth and it was it was uber it was disgusting i'm sorry how does the cameraman slash todd pettengill not tell him hey just just take that off before they start yeah it was a bang bang like he was right after the match um i the one thing i did notice was that he stole brett's uh tagline the best there is the best there was and i now i'm the best there ever will be yeah and and owen basically the promo was telling him telling the world that he's better than his brother Yes, yeah. that's what it was. Which was really the whole premise of the match, which is amazing that they made such a story out of it. Yeah, no, it was it was great. Um, after that, we got back to the ring, and some guy is introduced from the Hair Club for Men. Cy Sperling. And he introduces a, a, a full head of hair, Howard Finkel. Dude, he looks <laughs> He looks snazzy. He looks snazzy. <laughs> um, and, of course, Finkel is going to introduce the next match, which is... Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna versus Dink and Doink the Clowns. And I need to point out, this is not the Maniac Matt Bourne Doink the Clown. This is not the original Doink the Clown. This is Ray Apollo playing Doink the Clown, I believe is what me and Luke looked up. Thank Matt you, Bourne is actually from Portland, Oregon. I actually met him wrestling at a local flea market. Oh, wow. And he was a badass. He was super That's nice. Awesome. And, uh, you know, rest in peace, Matt. He was He was great. So I guess we'll get into the match. Uh, I'm gonna be up front. I didn't think this was much of a match. Um, I loved it. I, yeah, I actually enjoyed. I, it. I was sitting here just just giddy. I thought it was. But that's because I got a couple little bit of gushing cool, to do. Cool, but I'll, cool. I'll let you go. Uh, so we do have uh, Bam Bam and Doink start the match. Uh, Bam does get a takedown on Doink and then hits a really nice drop kick. Good big man drop kick by Bam Bam. Uh, wish he could have shown his stuff a little more in this match. But what we did see was great. I mean, it's Bam Bam freaking Bigelow. I'm not gonna complain about seeing him wrestle. Um, he's great and then eventually uh, Dink and Luna do come in the whole thing here is that Dink is so small and quick that Luna can't well, quite get there before so you get squirrely. that before you get that Dink got tagged in and he wanted to fight Bam Bam that's right yeah he was trying to he fight was Bam like Bam. squaring up with Bam Bam and Bam Bam's just looking at him shaking his head like <laughs> yeah yeah no <laughs> um, so then Luna does come in and, and again uh, Dink's moving around he's avoiding her at one point uh, Dink does get caught up in the ropes and Luna is just choking him and then does this move where she go, it bounces off the other rope and just it was like a reverse like bronco buster on the yeah, middle rope kind of it was I uh, just like ass right on the back of Dink poor Dink's little head um, poor Dink and then they get back in and then Dink gets scoop slammed by Luna Luna misses the top rope dive and then uh, Bam and Doink are back in Doink gets sent out of the ring uh, Dink distracts the uh, distracts Bam Bam and causes him to flop on the ground and then causes Luna to flop on the ground so they're both flopped that uh, one was weird I, I, I want to point out a spot that, that you missed that I thought was super funny please uh, when Dink and Luna were in the ring he was like running around and she dove to like catch him and like fell over and he ran up behind her and smacked her on the ass oh, and yeah, then yeah, ran yeah, away yeah. again and uh, it was so funny it, it was basically like uh, a rodeo sideshow it was like tom and jerry it was like it, a carnival it was very act. tom and jerry um so then uh doink gets back in and is able to try and capitalize on the dink distraction but then he just eats a big old butt bomb when he tries to do a sunset flip to uh Bam, and Bam just sits on him, sits on, sits on him, sits on big man, sits on you, and doesn't feel good. And then uh, Doink does hit a pretty nice looking DDT onto Bam, yeah, uh, where he like nice. elevates way up in the air and then and then slam back down onto him. Um, and then 
Bam takes out Dink on accident, uh, like he's going into the ropes and he kind of elbows him, and Dink falls down and presumably is 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 dead. Uh, Rip. <laughs> yes, and then um, right before that, uh, I think Doink missed a top rope leg drop, um, which is when he was in the position there, and then. Um, Oh, it was a body a scoop slam for a near fall onto uh, Doink, and then um, uh, Bam Bam hits a flying headbutt for the win. The greetings from Asbury Park, his finisher. Sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Um, I didn't think this was much of a match. I didn't really care for it. Uh, comedy wrestling's fine, I guess. But what'd you give it? Uh, One point seven five. Hmm. I wasn't really going to give it anything more than that. I hmm. didn't hate it. It just didn't. It just wasn't much of a match. Um, I gave it a two point two five. I thought it was fun. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was a good come down from the first match and got the crowd like having a little bit of fun. Uh, Matt Bourne was a much better doink, but uh, this you're, doink you're was, so biased. I am, but this doink was fun. I think anybody will tell you Matt Bourne was the better doink. I mean, and I, I think, think Brooklyn Brawler was the second best doink. I think, t- oh, yeah, I think. Also, it's not like the the no any nobody in this match except for Dink really had a chance to showcase themselves that much. I somewhat disagree with you. Really? Bam Bam had some sweet spots. Oh, I and, thought Bam Bam looked great. And uh, so, since you guys have given your grades, now it's time for me to gush. Because all three of these guys, I mean, all three of these, I mean, not including Dink, because... So I, Luna's a guy? No. Is that what you're saying? No, gosh darn it. All are you saying that Dink's not a guy because he's, he's small? <laughs> are you saying all three of these... Okay, ro- so, so, this, <laughs> so this match had, like, its funny uh, dwarf spots, midget spots, whatever. Um... I did give it two and a half, but Bam Bam Bigelow is one of the greatest super heavyweights ever. I agree. Possibly, Easily. Probably the most underrated. Oh, I agree. Definitely so underrated. Him him, him, and Vader were like, just for how their sheer size, how agile they were. I mean, Bam Bam's doing freaking cartwheels and backflips, dude. Like, he is, he was just so amazing, and I'm sad that we lost him when we, when we did, and... I think they could have done better with him in WWF. I also think Luna Vachon was criminally underused in WWF. From the wrestling royalty she came in, uh, the niece of Mad Dog Vachon, and then the the uh, daughter of Butcher Vachon. Um, I mean, you'll see later on there's an Alundra Blaze title match. They could have so easily put Luna Vachon against her, and it would have been great. Much Luke, better than what we got. Arguably. Luke really liked her butt. Luna's? Yeah. yeah, yeah, Luna's. Okay, fair Luna's enough. Uh, what did you get in the match, Luke? I, I, I actually gave it two and a half, just only because like I'm such a mark for for Bam Bam and Luna and Doink as well. Um, I hate that they flip flopped him around so much, heel to face, heel to face. But when he was a heel and like he had that creepy clown with thing Matt going Bourne, on, yep, yeah. Yeah. give me <laughs> that the, Doink with the goat Matt Bourne. Yeah, heel Doink was actually very good and it was super creepy. I liked mm-hmm, it when the mm-hmm. second. Doink came came around. It was at the WrestleMania before this with Crush. Doink was fight, fighting Crush, and the other Doink came into the ring. Yeah, and, when they switched. Yeah. Yep, that was, that was good stuff. I Which they it. actually did make reference to when Doink got sent out of the ring, and Lawler was saying, "There's probably another Doink under that ring." Yeah, th- yeah, that's right. He did say that. Mm-hmm. Also, we got to point out, Bam Bam not just a great wrestler, but a great person. He went into a burning building to save children one time. Is that true? Yeah, that's definitely wow. true. He uh, he missed a little bit of his career because of it. Wow, really? is that but, why he had the whole flames thing? No, that I think this was later on towards the WCW time. Oh, okay, but I just think it needs to be people to know that Bam Bam was a great person. Wow, yeah. Um, so after that match, uh, we got uh, well. For, there was a like a kind of a sloppy beatdown post match. I don't really know what's happening with that. Oh yeah, it was Luna weird. like scoop slam Dink. Yeah, and, and then like there was like a messy exchange between Doink and Bam Bam, and then everyone kind of just left. 
And then after that, we got <laughs> the first appearance of fake Bill Clinton. Uh, there was a Bill Clinton who, who did look pretty realistic from thirty rows back. From, by the way, from a distance, I was like, "Is that really Bill Clinton, Luke? Is that really Bill Clinton?" He's like, "No, no that's not Bill Clinton." I think if Bill it was really Bill Clinton, Clinton, they would have they wouldn't not have started playing Hail to the Chief before they so, showed him. So Luke told me it wasn't. So I secretly got on my phone to double check to make sure he was right. And no, but once it, you got it, was, it was it was a Bill Clinton. Bro, yeah, what you saw his teeth. Bro, he wouldn't have just been right there in the middle of the crowd with like two people and IRS yeah. right behind him. Yeah, IRS was just like sitting there mugging behind <laughs> him. Uh, yeah, that was weird. And Daddy Wyatt. We got more of that. Yeah, we got more of that later. Um, and then we after that, we got some clips from WrestleMania 3. What match were they hyping up? Do you, any either of you remember? From WrestleMania 3? Did anything happen on WrestleMania 3? Well, other the than the Giant. On, That's the what giant. it was. That's what it was. Was, it was. was yeah. Steamboat and Savage 3 or was that 2? Yeah, I, I think it was Hogan slamming... Andre, it, that, that was kind of just a joke. Be. It was, that was kind of a joke. Oh, okay, yeah. sorry. Um, so <laughs> now we get a Falls Count Anywhere match between Macho okay. sort of. Yeah, 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 sort of. Okay, so <laughs> you can't really make a pinfall in the ring in this match. It, it was almost it, it. It was weird. Yeah. So so it was a Falls Count Anywhere, <laughs> but the ring. And 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 on top of that, and, they, and. they had to get back <laughs> within a minute. Into yeah. The so ring. once you got the pinfall outside, you had to get back to the ring in a minute, and your opponent had to get back to the ring within a minute. Otherwise, you won. This was weird. It was weird. Uh, Definitely, I've, ne- I've never seen a false count. Weird way to use Macho Man on the show. And, well, this is one of Macho's going away matches. Like, yeah. I don't know how much is left of Macho after this, but it's not much. It wasn't much. Well, no, he was just broadcasting at this point. Yeah, and and he gets a pop from the Dude, crowd. Oh they're, yes! They're Once they hear that pop and circumstance start, they they go crazy. So it is him and and Crush. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I don't think this was much of a match either. Um, oh, I kind of like this. I, I liked the finish a lot, which we'll kind of get into it. Well, I didn't like I didn't like the the weird stipulations, the the but I like I like I like the match. Um, so we're gonna do it here. Uh, so as Crush is coming out to the ring, uh, Randy Savage interrupts him, and the match starts. Uh, Savage immediately gets like military pressed and then dropped neck first onto the barricade and he's dead. It's over. And so you think the match is over there. Crush gets the fall and then comes back into the ring. And of course, Macho Man makes it at with about two seconds to spare. Um, and Macho is put in a tree of woe. And then while the ref is trying to help him out, uh, Fuji, who I guess we should say accompanies uh, Crush to the ring, puts the salt, the classic heel salt in the hands of of Crush, uh, Randy Savage is too smart for that though, and he kind of does like a little elbow bump thing. I and thought that was a, him. a cool spot. Yeah, I thought that I, I thought, I thought that was, that was a, a fun like the bad guy tries to cheat, but the good guy yep. foils it. Um, uh, uh, uh. Yep, and so uh, Crush gets the salt, and he doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't care for that. And then some strikes take out Crush, and then a scoop slam, and then an elbow drop, and then Randy Savage kicks Crush out of the ring. Crush barely makes it back in to beat the count of sixty. Well, uh, did, Fuji well, Fuji helped him a little bit. He well, splashed some water in his face Savage, to wake him up. After Savage hit the elbow drop, he kicked him out of the ring and then rolled out of the ring to pin him. That's, That's what we right. were confused That's right. about. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Me and Luke were like, "What the fuck is he doing?" Yeah, to get and the then pinfall. we're like, "Oh wait, he only can pin him outside yeah. the ring." Um, and then so yeah, so Fuji does come in and help. He pours some cold water on him and kind of throws him back into the ring. So he beats the count. Uh, which is a good way to keep the elbow drop as a strong finishing move because mm-hmm. he wasn't able to beat it on his own. That's good analysis. Within the 60, within the 60 seconds. Um, so Macho Man gets sent back outside. Um, Crush follows him, sends him over the barricade, and they start wrestling into backstage. They're in like this weird like receiving area, <laughs> like backstage past like some double doors. This is as hardcore as 1994 WWF. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, so uh, Macho does, or Macho reverses a pile driver attempt into 
uh, whatever you'd call that move when you send someone over your. It's, I'm drawing Back a body blank. drop. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was drawing a blank on Got that. Got you. Thank you. Um, and Savage gets the pin. And no, he doesn't. He almost gets the pin. Yes, he does get the pin. And then he ties up. Like he leaves for a second, and then he's like, "No, I, I'm smarter than this." And he comes back, and he like, there's like this pulley system, <laughs> yep. and he he ties Crush by the leg, and then just leaves him hanging there. And he comes back into the ring. Well, he tries to leave him hanging there, yeah, but so he like he has him up, and then as he's walking away, <laughs> he, falls down, he falls down. He falls down, but which, he's still tied up. Though. Yeah, which you can also see this whole time. And I was just like, "Who who was? You know, if Bruce Pritchard was there, he's just freaking out because there's a whole bunch of people. You can slowly see the curtains behind yeah. in the in the background, just like." open up people are like taking pictures yeah. and stuff and slowly there's more and more people taking pictures um, so he does time up and of course savage gets back into the ring as savage himself barely beats the count yeah um and of course um crush crush cannot escape and uh fuji gets beaten up by savage to ensure that he cannot help him escape and randy savage gets the win uh at least savage was on the show but this wasn't much of a match for me uh the stipulation was confusing i give it two stars i gave it two and a half i enjoyed it i think I mean, as Randy Savage's kind of swan song from WWE, it was it was good to see Randy. It was good to see the pop. It was good to see him go out with a win. I actually gave it three. I'm I'm, I'm actually Whoa. super. I, I'm I'm Got super a mark high. over here. See, I've I've been waiting for us to do like some mid '90s stuff because I really I've watched a ton of this and I loved it. Anyway, I I super I really really love uh, Randy Savage. And again, Jerry Lawler quote of the match. It's a dog-eat-dog business, Vince, and Savage is wearing milk-bone underwear. <laughs> I popped for that. Yeah. I, was, I, I said very to myself, good. like, I hope, I hope Luke's writing that one down, because that, that one was pretty oh, good. Oh, yeah. Um, after that, we get a, another fake Bill interview. This time, IRS uh, gets involved and says, Bill, you're doing a great, great job. Raise your taxes. Yeah, especially yeah, since you raised the taxes. taxes. Yeah, that was great. Um, uh, that happened, and then we get a video package from FanFest. And FanFest looks fun. FanFest looked awesome. Yes. I want to go to FanFest. It looked great. Can we, can we do this again, Vince? Like, yeah, bring FanFest back. Like, Access is good, but bring but, back like FanFest. Like the WWF Arcade. There's like, yeah. the, there's like a WWF Arcade. A sumo and Wrestling. There's sumo wrestling. And then there's a uh, a giant coffin that you can get yep, a picture yep. taken with Paul Bear. Well, then, then, then you can call your own match. They give you headsets and you watch a match and you can you call can it with a You can wrestle your own match. Yep, yep. And then uh, Hillbilly, Hillbilly Jim was signing autographs. Legend, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, it looked awesome. That looks so much fun. And then we cut to Randy Savage, who's celebrating in the crowd, which is which was awesome. The crowd was super hyped up for that. They loved them some macho. It was awesome. And then we cut to a video package hyping up WrestleMania 4. You see how we're going in order here. Um, next up, WrestleMania. We didn't actually get the lyrics, though. That song has lyrics. Does it? It does. I don't know if I've ever heard the lyrics. Oh, you got to look it up. It, it says WrestleMania and something, something. It says WrestleMania a lot. Nice. Yeah. Uh, after that, we get uh, Leilani Kai versus Alundra Blaze. Medusa. For, it's Alundra Blaze at this point. Sorry. Don't test me, Luke. For the Women's Championship, who, of course, Alundra Blaze, Alundra Blaze is the title holder. Can I be honest? Yeah, please. I had never heard of Leilani Kai before Neither had this. I. I did. Luke was sitting here like, "Oh, she's the greatest," and I'm like, "That's not what I said." I was like, "I have no I thought, idea." Who I thought no, this I was, was like, going to be a squash. No, match I was like, "No, she's an entrance." No, I was like, "No, she's good, man. I promise." Then she actually was pretty good. Yeah. Uh yeah, uh so um, Kai get, Kai I'm gonna just call her Kai Leilani Kai gets the early advantage. Uh, Blaze gets a roll up for a near fall though, and then uh, Kai hits this really cool kind of two handed bear hug choke slam thing to Blaze for uh, and then a scoop slam, and doesn't go for the pinfall. 
and it allows Blaze to recover, who it's a nice Hurricane Rana for a near fall. Uh, Kai sends Blaze to the outside and gets her back in and then just beals her by the hair. I mean, this was like Nia Jax before Nia Jax. Oh, yeah, no, she, she was the beast, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, then Blaze was managed to get a um, spin kick. Oh, there was also a uh, a nice, it was like a, what, like a, Oh, like a power bomb variation, but she did the she had her arm and under oh an under double underhook under suplex. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, for some reason, my moves are escaping my mind tonight. They, that Vince um, only Vince can like all Vince can say is what a maneuver. It was a maneuver, and then Blaze had a spin kick for a near fall, and then gets an amazing German bridging German suplex. Yes, for the win. It was I would I, I would have liked to have seen this match be a little bit longer. It was pretty short, uh, but the action we did get was pretty okay. I give it two point five. I also gave it two point five. Um, it was nothing special. It was short. It was sweet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought Kai had some pretty cool moves that she busted out in it, and then I thought uh, Alundra Blaze looked pretty good. Yeah. And I'm waiting for Luke's quote from Jerry Lawler during this match. What's the Lawler? Oh, this, this one was bad. This one was really bad. It was bad. fucking mean. It was. It, it was just mean spirited. Do you not remember this one? Hold Luke? on. Hold on. We were, Luke, can we I say were it? just I talking yeah, go about ahead, it. Go ahead, buddy. It was. She has a ten million dollar body and a ten cent face in <laughs> reference to Alundra Blaze. I don't know why he get like she. That was just not, mean. She's <laughs> not an weird. ugly woman. Yeah, no, she, not at he all. He was being an asshole. <laughs> no, this is back in because uh, I mean, just a couple years. Well, I'd say like three years later, you're gonna get the Jerry Lawler that's super perverted and just all about puppies and like all that. It was nice to not have him be in that. Mode yeah, all he show, is, I will all say. he is, all Jerry Lawler is here is just a heel shit talking color mm-hmm. commentator, and no one was safe. And he was so funny. He yeah. was. Might have went a little too far with the Hunter Blaze <laughs> joke. But he was funny. Oh no! The, I, she, he. I thought you were referencing because there's one that he says later that's that's really funny that we'll get to about Alundra Blaze. Um, I did give it two and a half stars for how minimal uh, women's wrestling was treated at this point yeah, in time. Yeah, we, we had see, we have seen such worse from the women's, oh, yeah. women's oh, divisions yeah. we've been doing this show. So this was a breath of fresh air. It was pretty good. Well, and this is like I mean, this is really the only. I know what you said it was short. This is pretty much the only a lot of time they were going to get. No, at this yeah, point. I, I understand. So, but yeah, yeah, Alundra Blaze looked great. But once again, think about how good this would have been if Luna Vachon was mm-hmm. going head to head with Alundra. What do you give it, Luke? Two and a half. Awesome. Uh, after that, we get what else? WrestleMania five clips, and oh. then uh, we get a tag team match. It's go. going to be Men on a Mission versus the Quebecers. Hey, uh, oh. at, uh, Men on a Mission, of course, is the the the, the wrestlers in the match are going to be Mabel and Mo with Oscar, so aka with Oscar. Viscera, aka Big Daddy V. Yes. <laughs> Which me and Luke were talking about this, and it's like, man, I thought Big Daddy V was Viscera was big when yeah, he was, was Big fat. Daddy V. Yeah. But wow, he was mad. Mabel, Mabel is gigantic. Um, Mabel was the third man. People forget. Yep. Uh, so, for some reason, after uh, Men on a Mission come out, we cut to this like weird backstage segment when when Shawn Michaels and what's her name Rhonda Shear, who is a television yep. host, are flirting, and then Burt Reynolds shows up. Oh yeah. <laughs> And it was like, I'm going to date you, baby. And that makes HBK jealous. And then it cut back and the Quebecers, who are the champions, by the way, had already made their entrance. And guess who's with the Quebecers? Who? Johnny Polo. A.K.A.? The greatest ECW wrestler ever, Raven. It was so funny seeing Raven as Johnny Polo because I forgot that's what he so, Yeah. So every, everybody knows Raven, you know, with the... Uh, the the grungy clothes and then you're looking at him here and you're like wow you're dressed nice this he looks so like weird. a he looks like a polo player and wasn't he like Scotty Flamingo too he was Scotty uh-huh. Flamingo and I think that was an announcer yes yeah. a little bit but it's weird seeing him not All as colorful Raven. yeah yeah and so, not grunge so the, not not with ripped jeans yeah he's wearing like a nice green not, suit not doing this the 
What about me? Yeah. What about Raven? He's doing the Johnny Polo here. And of course, we uh, need to get some Raven matches up in this podcast. I know. Soon. We have not. Barely legal. We'll have to do that soon. We'll have to add that one. Um, so uh, the Quebecers, of course, are Pierre and Jacques, and they are accompanied, like we said, by Johnny Polo. Um, I'm going to say right off the bat, I had a real hard time telling Jacques and uh, Pierre apart. Oh, yeah, me too. I told Luke, I was like, I hope Zach's got good notes on this because I'm having a hard time. I did my best. Uh, so we'll get into the match here. Jacques is the Mountie. Oh, they're both, they're, yeah, I know that, but they're both dressed like Mounties. No, no, I gotcha. And Jacques also is is the one in New Blood Rising that had the, the Canadian, Canadian rules. rules. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. What a legend. Mm-hmm. So Mo and Pierre uh, start the match, uh, and they yeah. exchange some uh, strikes, and then Mabel gets in, hits a big leg drop to Mo, and then, um, or no, hits a big leg drop to Pierre, sorry, and then Mo tags Mo back in. There were lots of tags in this match, especially by the Quebecers, lots of good, solid tag team work and double teams and things like that um it was a very standard tag team match i guess in a, is another way to say it uh, so mo gets choked out in the corner and then jock comes in and they double team splash um for a near fall to mo and, and and by double team splash i don't mean they both splash him i mean uh pierre kind of throws a jock on yeah no, that was just like their offense yeah they just did a throwing lot of that. each other onto the opponent and they did the same thing but uh actually they threw Jacques or pierre one of the two gets thrown out of the ring on top of mabel i think at that point and takes him out for a little bit um and then jock is in and then they get double they double team mo mo took mo took the heat for a lot of this match for a near fall tries to get the hot tag uh at one point can't quite do it and then pierre misses a um a leg drop and so both men are down this does lead to a hot tag to Mabel, who takes both both of the Quebecers down and then goes for a corner splash, but he misses it. And then the Quebecers try once for a double suplex. They can't get it, but they get him on the second try. The big man gets suplexed. Pierre gets up to the top, and they do like this really neat double team senton. Yeah, where, where, the, the where class he was like on top. And- yeah, it was like very acrobatic. So they uh, Jacques threw Pierre over his head, and then he hits the senton on a downed Mabel. That was and really then they, unique. Then they kind of did it again outside the ring. Like they. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah from him outside of the ring. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. so they did it again. That was yeah. cool. Uh, that was really I agree that was really neat and uh, <laughs> neato that got a near fall the one outside of the ring once they got Mo back in and then uh, Pierre and Mo trade strikes until Pierre finally goes down and uh, Mabel I mean sorry and then Mabel hits a spin kick the big man the big man got airborne here he, you know what he for his size I mean he's gigantic he, he's huge and he has he has some speed on at him at this point yeah, yes. I mean he yeah. slows down when he's yeah, viscera. He's, he's no Bam Bam, but he yeah, yeah no, he, he's yeah. not he's not he up to the Bam Bam level, but he's moving yep. pretty quick and he's getting up a little bit. Yep. And so this point, uh, I mean, man, uh, Pierre's down and Jock's taken out, and it looks like it's it's all over at this point. But Polo distracts the ref, which allows Mabel, uh, or which allows Mo to not get the pinfall. Outside, Mabel splashes Pierre, and then Johnny pulls Jock out of the ring once Mo's about to get for the uh, go for the pinfall, which gets the disqualification. I was a bit surprised that that was a DQ spot. So I also want to throw in another spot that I kind of liked. Yeah, please. Was a was it a DQ or was it a count out? I thought it was a count. Out. I, I thought it was a, a DQ. It was a DQ because the second Polo pulled him out, he called the ref called the match off. There, oh. there was a fun spot where uh, Polo was trying to distract the ref, and Oscar was running and trying to pull Polo off the side of the apron, and they're like kind of all tussling the three, the ref and the two managers, and I'm just like, this is better than what's going on in the ring right now. <laughs> this is funny. Yeah. Um. And then after the match, uh, Men on a Mission kind of celebrate with the titles like they won the hey, titles. Oh. Uh, and then uh, the uh, the uh, Quebecers don't like that. Overall, 
This was a very, very standard tag team match, and I did not care for the finish. It would have been a 2.5. The finish knocks it down to a 2 for me. wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it was just kind of there. I have it as 2, and then after we watched this match, I was like, I wonder if the men on the mission ever won the belts. Did they? They did, but they won it on a house show on accident. Oh, I've heard about that. So, Viscera or Mabel, however you want to call them, Uh was like pinning a guy, like fell on top of the guy to pin him, and the guy couldn't get out from the pin. So they won it, and then they re- they ended up losing it like two nights later at another house show. Yeah, but, I, remember, uh, I remember hearing. I didn't. I didn't realize that was men on a mission that that happened. Yeah, to. I thought that was super funny. Um, but yeah, yeah, two stars. I thought awesome. I thought everybody was pretty average in the match. To me, the only standout was Mabel. He he looked good for being so big. I, I mean, agree. And I, you know, I liked the Big Daddy V character and the evil Viscera that kind of came on. The world's largest love machine was kind of fun too. <laughs> <laughs> kind of stole Mark Henry's steez a little but bit, a little bit. Remember uh, he, what did you think? Oh, sorry, Kyle. Remember he was like dating Lillian Garcia in storyline. I don't. Bit? It was it was yes, awesome. And he was what? wearing the he was wearing the silk pajamas. Yeah. Oh my god. And I think he had a little feud with Shelton Benjamin, and Shelton Benjamin hit him with that uh, the T bone suplex. I don't remember that one. But oh, that, guys, that sounds legit. We're gonna have to find one <laughs> of these. Awesome. I think I think it might be on one of those uh, New Year's resolutions. Revol- oh, revolution oh, the five through seven that they yeah did? that we were looking oh, at they might be on it we'll look again when we're cleaning up but might okay. be on there for the, right on. the new year's shows so i gave this two stars i think it's hilarious that meant really i think it's hilarious that men on the missions finisher is literally just mo getting on the top rope and pushing viscera over onto the opponent yeah I like, to that, that. that is their finisher dude and uh also i, I can't take men on the mission that serious like it's it it felt like three count almost like when but they're like coming the, out like the early it's early 90s cheese like, yeah yeah straight up um also i i need to start interrupting you for these lawler quotes yes please do but uh two of them that were just fantastic and of course they were both weight related for of course men on course. a mission here comes the uh second alundra blaze shot <laughs> <laughs> mcmahon i know i can <laughs> he's talking about men on a mission I know how I could help them lose weight. Oh, what's that? Introduce them to Alundra Blaze. One look at her face and you lose your appetite. <laughs> I missed that one. Jesus. And after the Alundra Blaze match, Lawler is still going hard. <laughs> yeah, dude. This, he is he being an asshole. Blaze. And then uh, here comes a, a Mabel fat joke. Uh, he is huge. Back when he was a baby, I heard he got baptized at SeaWorld. <laughs> That's pretty good. I did hear that one. Oh, man. These, um, these Jerry Lawler quotes. Two was, stars, but five stars to Jerry freaking Lawler, He was Lawler, off the dude. chain in this. Oh we need, we need to tweet at Jerry Lawler yeah. and ask him to just like say some shitty comments about all of us. <laughs> yes, yes, that'd be awesome. Send him pictures of us. Yeah. Where does he come up? I mean, Vince is right next to him, so there's no way he's in his ear. Where does he come up with this? I think the dude, it just comes up like, naturally to yeah, him. Yeah, I think and, a lot of it does. You yeah. know, I'm wondering if like as he got older... They tried to turn him more of like the perverted old man, old man guy, mm-hmm. because he still had some of these zingers sometimes though. Yeah. Like as he got older, but here he was on top of his game, on fire. He was so funny. He was uh, throughout the show. He was a high spot. <clears throat> no for pun sure. intended. Um. Oh boy. So after that, we get uh, clips from WrestleMania six, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep. Men- I'm not gonna mention those anymore because you get them after every match, and you can just do the math that it goes six, seven, eight, nine. You get the same song, and it hypes up the main event from each show. Um, and then here come uh, Donnie Wahlberg and Ronda Shear. Ronda Shear is going to be operating the bell for this match, and Donnie Wahlberg is <clears throat> going to be announcing it. 
And just before the match starts, Lex Luger will never be Hulk Hogan. Bosom shot. Yes, Ronda Shear gets some bosom, bosom action uh, going on. Oh, oh, okay. Jerry Lawler quote. God, he's so good in this. Okay. Uh, he's referring to Ronda Shear. I was talking to Ronda earlier, blew in her ear, and she said, thanks for the refill. That uh, that cracked me up. I feel like you can tell which one of the three of us is a broadcaster because Luke's paying attention to the Jerry Lawler quotes this whole time. Oh, dude, when he's money like this, how oh, can yeah. you not? Um. So, yeah, for some reason, Donnie Wahlberg's out there. They got to get those celebrities in there somehow. Uh, and he introduces, first off, the special guest referee, which is going to be Mr. Perfect making his return to the WWF. Who looks great, Who by looks the way. looks amazing. He's wearing a white <laughs> and black striped, zebra striped jumpsuit. Just a full referee jumpsuit. He's got the referee shirt, like the new, like the white and black stripes. But then he's also got the pants. And he's wearing his wrestling boots with the pants tucked into the boots. It was awesome. I loved the way he, he was dressed. prison jumpsuit. It was awesome. Um unfortunately the match was not, was not so awesome, awesome. Uh, no. so it is going to be um yokozuna who is accompanied by fuji and jim Cornette versus lex luger he's not japanese by the way yokozuna yes he's samoan it's very very well known thank you luke for pointing that out um i'm pissed he, it's cultural appropriation it's it's uh, bs yokozuna is a big boy really big at this point 700 uh, pounds and lex is lex and i <laughs> yes and I have do have to say, um, Lex is really over somehow. Oh, he, and he's just jacked. Oh, he looks great. Jeez. Too bad he, he has work a great right look. Um, but he's a charisma vacuum, and he was not a very good wrestler. Well, uh, he's super over, probably because that was back when you could shove it down the fans' throats and get away with it. Yeah, and and again, it was just it's easy to have when you're when you're wrestling a foreign heel, you have that USA gimmick just built into Lex's character, who has the red, white, and blue tights, and just the. Uh, I'm wondering, didn't Lex slam Yokozuna on like a marine? Yeah, on on a yeah. battle or a aircraft carrier. Yeah. yeah, okay. And so that was obviously so. Yeah, at this point, Hogan. It's worth noting, Hogan's gone at this point. He's WCW bound. Um, I don't know. Had he debuted at this point, or was he just in transition? Was it '96 when he debuted? No, he was he was in WCW by then because before he was he, before the out he he was in WCW before the Outsiders. Yeah, and and he oh, right, he had right, a, right, he had a brief duh. run as duh. Red and Yellow Hogan, mm-hmm. so it could have been yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it this was Hogan was gone essentially at this point and Luger he might have been in Japan at this point. I'm not sure, but they were trying to fill Hogan's shoes with, with Lex Luger. And it's obvious he was the heir apparent. They yeah. make they make a point during the match to say you know uh, Luger's the only man to have body slammed Yokozuna, which is an obvious reference to Hogan and being Andre. the first man yeah. to, to to scoop slam uh, Andre. And the thing the thing to me is Hogan was no Bret Hart in the ring, you know. No, you know he was a charismatic guy that got away with That's, his charisma, charisma. But Lex Luger. Is, is a charisma he, vacuum. He can't even lace up Hogan's They literally had to put... Boots. They literally had to make his attire an American flag. To get him over and yeah. give him his own bus. Because that's his gimmick. Yeah, the Lux Express. So I'm yes. just going to go ahead and say it. This match sucks. Ass. It's bad, This yeah. match is really bad. This is probably the worst men's match we've reviewed on the show. I, I was... Close to it, at least. I'm not, I'm not sure how accurate that is, because I can't think back. But I... Because I mean, Matt Stryker and Balls Mahoney was pretty bad, and yeah, so was Davari and Tommy Dreamer. But at one point, I was sitting here and I was like, "Fuck, I'm just gonna check my fantasy football score." Because <laughs> so, I was bored. So I guess I'll get into the action a little bit. There was not much action in this match. I'm going to say that right out front. Um, so early on in the match, Lex tries for the slam, can't do it. A lot of kicks, a lot of strikes. Yoko's dominating a lot of the match. Lex is getting some offense in as well, and then. About halfway through the match, at one point uh, he does send Yoko out of the ring, which is pretty nice. Big Man does get himself out of the ring. Uh, I I did give him credit for that. Uh, 
And then eventually the rest hold start. And I'm not lying to you when I say the entire second half of this match was a rest hold. And it didn't even look good. He literally just had his like hand dug into like the nerve on his neck. Yeah, just his, like his shoulders. And they just laid there motionless in the ring for what felt like ages. But oh wait, Zach. We now interrupt this program to bring you a Jerry Lawler Thank quote. Thank you. Save the segment because this match, there's nothing to talk about. Well, referring to that big old set of sumo pants on Yokozuna... <laughs> Somewhere out there, there's a Toyota with no seat covers. That's how big those tights are. Um, that was like the one thing of note in this match. I guess it is worth noting he eventually does get the slam onto, uh, onto Yokozuna, which gets a USA chant. The crowd did like that. And then he, uh, Lariat takes out Yoko out, finally down on his feet. And then Fuji and Cornette get taken out. Um, which gets Mr. Perfect distracted, so well, he Luger, can't count three. Luger pulls him into the ring. Yeah, so they're in the ring, and then uh, Mr. Perfect's trying to get them out of the ring while Lex is going for the pinfall off of the Scoop Slam Lariat combo that he did, and that makes Mr. Perfect upset, who kind of gets into Mr. Perfect's face and kind of pokes him, and Mr. Perfect gets <laughs> mad enough that he calls for the disqualification finish and puts us all out of our misery. Uh, so Thank Yokozuna you. technically you, wins, Kurt. keeps the title. This is a 0.75 for me. I don't know why I gave it that much. I gave it a one just because I like the ending, the Kurt Henning screw job. Oh yeah, and and Kurt Henning's great. So it mm-hmm. must have set up a little bit of a Kurt Henning. I'm uh, guessing Lex Luger. Feud with Lex Luger, but Kurt Henning was not there much longer. No, because no, he was he w- went back to WCW. He, he was WCW bound too, as was Lex. I also gave it one star. Was this? Wasn't this when his finisher was just a running clothesline? Was just a running lariat, Lex Luger. Because he didn't do the torture rack really till WCW, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So it must have been. It, like he had a steel plate in his arm. Wasn't that the idea? Yeah. Does anyone remember? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. It was trash. Do you remember? Write us. I've, I've heard know. that he's a very, very nice guy now, which is which is good for him. But uh, buddy, you were a great bodybuilder. Not not a good wrestler. I hated this match. Uh, let's move on. It was bad. I, I did enjoy the post match yeah. interview in the back. So I was gonna get to that. So. Uh, Kurt Henning is being, Mr. Perfect, sorry, is being interviewed uh, backstage, and uh, then Lex comes up, obviously frustrated and furious, does seem impassioned, and does does seem believable here. Which this is, is a very good promo. Which is good for Lex, and they argue back and forth about, why'd you do that? That was mean. And then they, they had to be pulled apart, because Mr. Perfect was, was just... They started getting in each other's face. Yeah, they started screaming. It was awesome. I don't call that a very good promo. It was just two guys yelling at each other. For Lex, though. Yeah, yeah, and, Lex. and it did the for job Lex. to set up this yep, feud yep, between yep. the two, so I thought it was a very good setup, Luke. Yep. Sorry, Dad. So okay, after that, so. Uh, Harvey Whippleman is out, and he just Harvey. he he just gives Howard Finkel a, a tongue lash. He's just giving him the business. Just says he has a monkey face. Yeah, Luke. Can I? So I, I want to brag on, on my mom right quick here. Uh, they took my brother to a house show when he was super little, and Harvey Whippleman, they, they got front row seats uh and harvey whippleman was in the front and <laughs> she wanted to impress my dad because they were dating at the time and she yelled out hey harvey is your shirt wet because that tie sure is a pisser <laughs> because he always Classic. wore terrible ties yeah, yeah. And, and and he looked at her and he was and he was like all right that's a good one that's a good one all right so yeah uh whippleman's out and he's just giving howard finkel the business howard finkel with hair yeah howard finkel with hair says he has a monkey face just runs him up and down says he looks stupid in his suit he looks like a dork finkel gets mad shoves him over he does shove him right onto his butt and then here comes adam bomb who comes out do you think he's going to take out uh finkel and then here comes earthquake uh hits uh power slam on adam bomb and then a bell rings and then he hits the big one for the win that was i'm giving it a dud because it was nothing. <laughs> my my rating was what do you give that? Yeah, I that's mean, literally what we asked each other. It was entertaining for the most part, I guess. Yeah, it was fine. But, uh, I gave it a half star because if it would have went longer, it would have been even more trash. You know, so, I I want to stop merciful. here and just like 
how many guys on the show have passed away? A lot of them. I'd say over half of them. I mean, off easily. The, off the top of my easily. head. Mr. Fuji is gone. Luke, we talked about that. We couldn't figure it out yeah, or not, but he he's is. dead. Yokozuna. Yokozuna's dead. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Owen Perfect. Hart, Mr. Perfect. Uh, Macho Man. Roddy yeah. Piper. Roddy Piper. I mean, the list goes on. Crush, on. I think, is dead. Yeah, I think Crush. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know about Crush. I think uh, part of it is a lot of those guys were, were getting old. But Viscera Viscera is gone, dead, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think part of it is just that it, it, it was a different time in, in the sport when people were a lot harder on their bodies oh for sure than they are now it's really and it's sad got bam, 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 yeah. yeah 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 it's sad Damn. um like the realization kind of hit me around here too kyle it was like man a lot of these people are are, are no longer with us and some of them taken way before their time uh, which is unfortunate i think as we as we go through this is there anybody that's still active other than Sh- sean coming back oh thank you lord um let me try and think I don't think so. No, no way. Which I wouldn't expect too many wrestlers to still be active from, from 1994. Yeah. Right, but, but, I, but I'm looking at it and like Shawn Michaels might be the only one that even has a I think you might chance. be right. I think you might be right. I think Alundra could still go if she had If to. you want to count Doink. I don't know there's what some, Ray Apollo There's some doing. variation of Doink out there, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so after that little segment match, I guess technically it was a match, uh, backstage in this really, you could tell this was a makeshift locker room. There was like yeah, plywood yep. walls and like dinky plastic You're lockers right. in the I back. Forgot. I didn't notice that. Um, Jim Cornette is interviewed uh, with Yokozuna and then Fuji shows up and he, Cornette is amazing here. Double he cheese, is, He is going crazy. It was awesome. And then uh, the one note I do have about this segment besides how great Cornette was, was this weird close up on Yokozuna. Where it just like it just kept going closer and closer and closer until you were like in the guy's face, and then he screamed bonsai, and then he screamed, but then they zoomed out and he screamed bonsai, and it was like that was weird. Uh, Good for you, man. Yes, you um, yelled. And then I'm not gonna say it, but yeah, I'm gonna say it. WrestleMania eight clip, and then we get uh, <laughs> one of the most, maybe one of the most influential matches of all time. Oh, this match is fantastic. Uh, yes, yes, and this match is like no, maybe the OG. Ladder match. And it's so good. And of course, we are talking about Razor Ramon versus HBK in a ladder match. The bad guy. To settle who is the real, who is the undisputed intercontinental champion. Of course, because Sean was kind of going through turmoil at the time, left the company for a short spell with his belt, uh, which Razor was crowned as the new champion. And of course, Sean came back with his belt saying he was the real champion, which set up a feud between the two men. And this was the payoff. Uh, And yeah, right off the bat, if you haven't heard of this match or seen this match somehow, uh, go do it. Because this, this... This match, even by today's standards, is very good. But by 1994 standards, was wow. something somebody had yeah. never people it, had never seen anything like this. It before. blew my mind. Yeah, so, and and everyone looked fantastic in this. Just oh, just yeah. in the entrances, like Sean's coming out all swaggy. He's got like the the shades that have like the crosshairs on them. Oh and the yeah, piece, I love that. All the peace sign jewelry and uh, Diesel is accompanying him, and he looks like the Terminator. And they then you all got, look good. And then you've got especially looking at Scott Hall now, and then looking at Razor. He was in such good shape. Oh my god! I will say there was a picture posted by Hulk Hogan today. All four that, men, that, that, all three men are looking good. That, well, I mean, Hall looks about as good as he's gonna as look. He's going to but, yeah. but Nash and Hogan look like they had another run They're in them. Jacked, Nash looked bro. like he's getting ready to come back. Yeah, and, and Hogan looked good too. I was yeah, sitting there for I'm like, sure. Luke, do you think these guys have like one more match? Well, in them? I don't think Hogan does, but I can see Nash. You see. never know when Nash is going to pop back up on TV. You know, yeah. me me and Luke were talking about it and we think we think Hogan's going to do like like a tag team match to send him off in yeah. the WWE instead mm-hmm. of like because his last match was in TNA against Sting, so we were like, you know, how do you go off if you're Hogan mm-hmm. and you want to go out at home, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and 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 Razor Ramon. I I love Razor Ramon has one of my all time favorite theme songs ever because it's just so like late eighties, early nineties, and it just fits the character of Ray. Like, it's what a theme song should be. It fits it fits the character so well. Luke, what song was it? Those shoes by the Eagles. It is the exact beat. There is your music trivia. Look it up. Maybe a little. Maybe a little. Uh, Hi, beat hijacking going on, but yeah, no, it is literally the topic for another day. Exact maybe. beat. Right, Did you but, say beat jacking? Yeah. Okay. Nice Thank dude. You. Beat hijacking. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah, this match is really good. Um, That's redundant to say. Beat I'm gonna jacking, go through know? as much as I can, but there's a lot of spots in this match uh, to go through. So the two men start a long stare down to start the match, and then right off the beginning, Razor hits a little choke slam. Like, I don't know, it was like a choke slam out of, it was as much it, of a choke slam out of nowhere as you can get. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was really nice, and then they do get back up. Uh, HPK hits a nice swinging neckbreaker, Razor gets sent outside, and then Diesel takes him out. Uh, Earl Hebner sees, does not like it. Diesel, you're out of here. Get your ass out of here. Diesel gets ejected, and bye-bye Diesel, and your sweet-ass mullet. Diesel's rocking oh, a good mold. Dude, yeah. And Sean, too, in his own respect. I just love that he like never takes off the Terminator glasses. Oh, they, they're staying on. Oh, and I guess it's worth noting, yeah, Diesel does accompany Sean to the ring. I forgot to mention that. But the bodyguard. He's there for a while, and then he leaves. Uh, so Razor gets back in, and Larry hits HBK to the outside. And then uh, Ramon comes out of the ring as well, peels back the uh, padding to reveal the bare concrete, uh, shades of Cactus Jack. <laughs> uh, and... So now we have some exposed concrete, which will be a payoff very soon. The Cactus the Jack uh, comparisons end there, though. Uh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean, both men get back inside the ring. HBK eats a big right hand. And then um, Razor teases a Razor's Edge. But HBK um, reverses it into a back body drop right outside of the ring, hard onto the exposed concrete. That bump was nasty. You don't see that very often, and even in today's wrestling, you don't see guys taking exposed concrete bumps like that. No, dude. Uh, because now they know how bad it is for your body, but man, that was nasty, and Ramon sold that for, for, for a long time, and then HBK gets out of the ring, gets the ladder, he's going to bring it into the ring, um, but then uh, Ramon says, nope, that's not going to happen, knocks down HBK, he gets the ladder himself, goes to bring it in, and then HBK baseball slides into the ladder, into Ramon, takes him out, first mm-hmm. ladder bump of the match, feels good, there's plenty coming after that. Um, and then he, the, the ladder does finally get inside. Razor gets set inside and he hits him in the tummy with the ladder. And then once he's down, hits him again <laughs> with the ladder and then hits him in the back. And then Ramon's getting up. He's going to the ropes. And then one of my favorite spots in the match, it's a really simple spot, but HBK just throws the ladder under Razor. Just takes, takes the ladder and just throws it at a man. Have you ever thrown a ladder at a man? I'm about to. God, I wish. It seems fulfilling. My uncle has a hardware store, Luke, if you want to go down there. Have a you realize of- that we've been missing out on like the greatest possible street fight ever? It, we, it would literally be like the Stone Cold and Booker T uh, supermarket, but better. Like, we would just we just need to run our own segment. Over, over at I'll, Greg's? I'll, I'll we just got to tell Uncle cameraman. Greg. Yeah, hey, I'm, Uncle Greg, we'll clean it up. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here and say if I said, Hey, Uncle Greg, can we have a Street wrestling fight. match in your uh, hardware store? He would say, no. Well, <laughs> okay, so Greg, if you are listening and you want to let us have a... Uh, Hardcore street fight in the store. Let us know. Alternatively, yeah. you could buy a T-shirt. That works too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Uh, something that my dad and I actually used to do, uh, kind of related to that topic, is we used to go and we'd take baking sheets and frying pans and have street fights in grocery stores when I was like 10 That's years That's awesome. Old. It was so much. My mom would Wait, always get so frying mad. Frying pans? We, we, we weren't bludgeoning each other in the head. It was it was a work, Luke. Oh, okay. Jeez. Well, Jesus, Luke. Was that, you, was that you that got to deck me with a cookie sheet? Oh, at Shark's house? Yeah. When we were moving him? Yeah. We dented a few oh, No, that was Jordan. In the grocery store. I, I videotaped it. You hit me with one. Oh, maybe. I don't remember. I got walloped by somebody, I don't know. But those are fun ones. They yes. don't hurt that bad. I guess we should get back to the match now. Yeah, do it. Uh, so after that, um, uh, HBK throws the ladder at Razor, and then he sets it up, and he starts climbing. We get our first attempt at the title of the match. Um, Ramon tries to stop him, uh, and then kind of pulls his pants down, gets kicked off the ladder, and then eats an elbow drop to a oh, bare-ass no Shawn Michaels. There's no kind of. He definitely, yeah. It was it, a, full, it was a yeah. full, moon full moon in Heartbreak City. And it the was. crowd just... All the ladies in the crowd. I mean, I popped. It, it was in, in yeah. more ways than one. Whoa. Okay, this is a family podcast, Luke. Duh. Is it though? What the hell ever. Oh, continue. <laughs> um. So yeah, that was a pretty fun spot. The crowd did eat it up a lot. Um, and then so now, the uh, ladder gets back in position. Ramon shoves. Wait, I skipped something. Oh no, I didn't. HPK moves the ladder into the corner, and then he hits a huge splash off the pretty much the top rung. We'll say the top rung. Hits that a big iconic, splash. that yeah, iconic yeah. splash. And you've seen that spot a hundred times if you're a wrestling fan. Splashes him off the top, um, and then uh, Ramon is dead. And so he moves the ladder back into position. Ramon recovers just in time, shoves the ladder over, chokes HPK on the top rope as he falls. Both men are down. HPK gets up first, sets up the ladder in the corner. Um, and then uh, Razor sends him into it. So he kind of leans it up in the corner like he's going to send Razor into it. Razor gets the better of him, sends him into it first. And the HBK sells it like a champ and just flies outside of the ring. And that's what I was going to say. Even then, I mean, he got he sold a lot more ridiculously once he came back with like the born again stuff. But yeah. even here, even here, he's a selling ragdoll. He's a master. He, of they it. turned the ragdoll physics all the way up before the yes. start of the match because he was ragdolling all boss. over the place. Um yeah, I, I, I love that. And then Razor uh, beats HBK with a ladder at ringside. Uh, HBK gets slingshotted onto the ladder. He's like set up, on the, like leaned up against the ropes on the outside, and HBK gets slingshotted face first. Did you, did you buy that slingshot spot, Luke? That was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, no, that was that was sexy. It was awesome. And then Razor comes in the ring. He's all alone. He sets up the ladder, begins to climb. HBK climbs up to the top rope and then takes him out. The ladder falls right onto HBK. And it looks like... The ladder starts to break at this yeah, point. Yeah, the ladder's like all bent up and twisted and probably from them. And this was before they have like the worked ladders. This was like a hardware store ladder. Like it's not like the stickers and stuff on it. Shout out, Greg. Yep. Yeah, again, Greg, if you want to let us have a, a street fight, we're, we're down. I'll, I'll be the cameraman. I don't want to get, I'm scared to wrestle you guys. You don't want your 10 cent face to get hurt? Exactly. Exactly. It's $10 already, million. Dollars. I don't want it to become a 5 cent face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, so nice. uh, then both men start climbing. And HPK suplexes, um, gets suplexed off by Razor. Razor sets the ladder back up because it does fall over and he climbs. HPK drop kicks the ladder and it like makes Razor lose his balance and he, he falls over. I, I kind of wonder if the ladder was supposed to fall. At this fall. point, this ladder's broken AF. Yeah. Um, it's a wonder that it's, um, it's I think still the ladder standing. was supposed to fall at this point, but it does not. But it didn't hurt the spot at all. Uh, Razor did a great job, sold it like a like a champ, and then you think that HBK is teasing the uh, Razor's Edge, but instead he just pile drives Razor Ramon. It's so nice to see the pile driver utilized so many times on the show. There's beautiful pile drivers too. They're I, spiking I, them. I miss the pile driver. Yes, I'm not gonna me lie. too. Yes, when done correctly. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, 
So HBK sets up the ladder after this, like, kind of on top of Razor, and he climbs up. He's certain Razor's not going to get up at this point, right? Mm-hmm. But alas, Razor does get up, knocks the ladder uh-huh. down, crotches HBK on the top rope, which causes his foot to get tangled up on the rope. He's trying to get out. Meanwhile, Razor's climbing. Beautiful spot. Yeah, Razor's yeah, climbing. His feet are tangled. And then he gets down. Now his arm's tangled. He can't get to Razor in time, who grabs both of the belts, falls off the ladder, and he is the undisputed intercontinental champion. This match was fantastic. And and so rating this match was a bit of a... Of a uh, I had to think about this for a moment because... I don't want to, I don't want to, well, hear me out. I don't want to grade on a curve. Okay. I want to, I want to look at things in a 20, 2018 light. I want to look at things in a modern day light, but I had to bump this up a little bit because this match is so influential on the style that we see in ring today. So I'm going to give it a 4.75 just because of how historic you are a bastard and influential it was. I gave it a five for being the first ever and how good that was how influential it was and how many cool spots there were in 1994 when this shit was unheard of. Five stars. You ready? Classic. You ready? We're going to channel our inner Booker T, Kyle, since we apparently loved this and you hated it. Five stars. I give it five four stars. Seven five stars. Okay, I'm just going to I thought it was it. great. And I did grade on a little Now, can you dig that? But I Suckle. think can both of you acknowledge that by today's standards, it's not a five-star ladder match. If it happened today. If it happened today? Maybe not, no. but... At the time and how influential it was, including being the first one. But I tell you what, it, I tell you what, if it still happened today, it would still, oh, still capture my attention oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for all twenty minutes. And it would was, still be an over a four yeah. star match. Oh, I, today. Agree. I agree. But no, it's getting a five. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry, you're a snob. I'm not a snob. I just like to look at things with today. Even Meltzer lens. said it was a five in 1994. Meltzer would still say it's a five, especially I, if it was no, in Tokyo. No, no. Meltzer, especially if it was in the Tokyo. Meltzer dome. would give this a three and a half if he rated it today. It's definitely a five, and you should check it out. Uh, yeah, definitely check yeah. it out because it's match of the night. I think, in my opinion, yes. Uh, yeah, super, super solid match. Just to see the innovation uh, it was super fun, and it's worth watching over and over again. Um, so net backstage, we get some argument between a bunch of dudes. IRS is there. Stevie Richards is there, I think. That wasn't Stevie Richards, I don't think. <laughs> Who else but was there? Jeff Jarrett was Jeff there. Jeff Jarrett was there. And Double J! And Rikishi before he was Rikishi. Yes. Uh, so apparently there's supposed to be a 10-man tag team match that we are informed is not happening. Because everyone's fighting. Yeah, because everyone's fighting and they can't decide on anything. So now... Thank uh, God that didn't happen. We're going to go right into the main event. But first, we get our last appearance of Fake Bill of the day. And this time he's, he's uh, talking with Ted DiBiase. Who, what does he ask him here? Ted DiBiase. He says like, everyone has a price. Is well, he trying to like, say he wants to be on his cabinet? He's or like, something? even even you know everyone has a price for yeah. the million dollar man. And he's like, I don't want to. I can't even do a bill right now. Just like, <laughs> he, he said he doesn't want to take those questions. I don't want to do politics right now. <laughs> yeah. Now, he did a bad Bill impression, so. It wasn't. It Wild wasn't Bill. Not the best. Um, and then after that, we do get a video package. Wow, it's it not a good one, but we got a video package. Uh, basically, this was just a bunch of clips of Bret Hart and then a bunch of clips of Yokozuna. Yeah, one in a, one, you could tell who the face and the heel were, because one was just like, <laughs> Bret Hart was just like, stupidly, oddly cheerful music. Yeah. And then, and then Yokozuna's like, Something I loved is that there was supposed to be like old archival footage. But it featured Stu Hart training these kids, but like it was like eighty-year-old Stu Hart. Yeah, it's still old-ass Stu Hart. Yeah. yeah, but it was in black and white, so it makes everything okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is one thing that modern-day WWE does much better than nineteen ninety-four WWE video is package. their video packages. Yep. And it showed here, but it was supposed to get you hyped up for the match, and I suppose the ninety-four probably did. Um, we do get 
the guest celebrities one more time, which is Burt Reynolds and some girl from Nano Two One Zero. Jenny Garth. Jenny Garth come out, um, and and Burt Reynolds introduces Roddy Piper as the guest referee, who, who gets looks. probably the biggest pop of the night. Uh, people yeah. love, love Roddy, and you can oh, just tell he's. His shirt was awesome too, by the way. Yeah, he had a great shirt. No fear it sat on the front, and then it had like the a Tasmanian, Tasmanian devil. devil on the back. Uh, uh, you he could tell. So good. You could tell Roddy Piper was just genuinely happy to be there. Uh, and it was really good to see. And unfortunately, we had to get a match. And that match was Bret Hart in his second appearance of the night versus Yokozuna. Unfortunately, in his second appearance his of the night. In his second night. appearance of the night for the WWF Championship, which Yokozuna still holds. Um, Bret, to his credit, is selling his knee from earlier. Uh, gets jumped by Yokozuna right at the start of the match. And Yokozuna is in control for a long, long time. Bret does get a few strikes in, but then gets taken out by Yokozuna again. And they get into the corner. Yokozuna bites Bret. Uh, Piper doesn't like that very much. Chews out Yokozuna, no pun intended. Um, nice. Uh, Yokozuna keeps working the count on the ropes, too. Uh, and Piper's enforcing it. Piper's being a good ref. No bias here. Um, Brett gets up on the ropes, then misses a splash. And Brett gets some more strikes in, hits an axe handle, which knocks Yokozuna down. And then Piper gets pulled out of the ring by Cornette to break up the pinfall. And then just cold cocks Cornette and knocks him out. I, I want to see that on a loop, like when I go to bed at night. It was nice to see Cornette get knocked down and die. Oh, and he sells those really oh, well, he sells too. Those. So yeah. He was dead. He was laying there dead outside the ring. It was awesome. Um I guess technically, if, if if we're going by the rules from earlier, that should have been a DQ too. If the other pull out of the ring was a DQ, but hey, I'm not gonna squabble. clean finishes only. Exactly, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna squabble over that. This is the title match, you know. You gotta let him fight, which I believe uh, Vince might have even said at this point was just let him fight. Um, yeah, uh, so I think Cornette was down for the rest of the match, wasn't he? Yeah. I thought he so. was he was gone yeah yeah he, he he was out and then Zuna gets back in control after that hits a leg drop and his leg went right on Bret Hart's face did you guys catch that the leg drop yeah it looked awful it looked like legitimately like that can't feel good that's like a hundred pound leg coming man this bad at match least, was bad this least. match was bad it was, trash, um, yeah. it was just Yoko in control a lot um which he, is a bad thing Yes, he does miss a corner splash, and then Brett hits a bulldog for a near fall, and then he hits a lariat, takes down Yokozuna again. Uh, another near fall after that, and then uh, Brett eats a belly-to-belly from Yokozuna, and then he drags Brett to the corner. He's going to try for the bonsai drop, uh, but he falls over, and Brett pins him for the win. He even like, uh, takes one hand off of the top rope to... like celebrate yeah. i don't know it was and then he was, falls over and that's the end of the match and then the best part of the little head the best part of the match was yokozuna chasing roddy piper to the yeah. back so after the match obviously bret hart is now the new wwf champion uh the crowd is very excited uh apparently yokozuna is upset about something because he chases bret hart away chases roddy piper away oh uh, yeah sorry roddy piper who's, who's hardly even speed walking like yoko's like like jogging after him and Piper's just like do to do do. Um, overall, uh, I'm gonna actually give the match a star and a half, uh, just because we got to see Roddy Piper and because Brett won the title. I gave it a star and a half as well. I thought it was uh, a good for Brett Hart to start a new era of wrestling, and mm-hmm. Roddy Piper's the man. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. Star and a half for me. Uh, it's only better than the Luger one because Brett Piper and it had an actual finish. Yes, definitely. Uh, and you know you suck, and you know rest in peace, Yoko. All due respect, but you know you suck if Bret Hart can't make you look good. Yeah, that's what I actually said that to my wife who was sitting next to me watching this at this point. I said, man, if 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 Bret Hart can't get a good match out of you, you have no business being the the top guy in the company. And yeah. So what's your what's your opinion on the show? So overall, uh, this was a, and in a lot of ways, this was a two match show for me. But right. those two matches were very very good. Uh, 
if those two matches hadn't been on the card, this is a D show for me. But those two bring it up to a C plus, um, mm. which is what mm-hmm. I give the show overall. I thought it was it was it, those the, the 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 first match and that ladder match saved the show for me. So I have a B B minus. Um, it's definitely not in my top five WrestleManias. Maybe not even in my top ten. Um, it was good, but I will say. It was better than a lot of the WrestleManias that had come before it at this point. Yeah, um, for the most part, mm-hmm. I think there's a couple before it that I'd probably I'd probably put the uh, WrestleMania three. Yeah, over it. Which is probably the first good WrestleMania, I'd say. Right, and there's a lot of significance and some good matches, and then I, yeah, I'd almost put the Mega Powers Explode one over it. Okay. Five, yeah. yeah, five, and then seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. That was such a good. That run. was such a yeah. good run, and we're all excellent. So those are all have to be ahead of it. Yeah, I, I um, rank fourteen ahead of it too, just off the cuff because that yep. was the first one I ever watched on pay per view. So I'm a little biased, but so 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 B minus show for me. Um, those two matches that you talked about were fantastic, but then the Yokozuna matches were bad. Um, Doink and Dink were fun, but I mean nothing really. The note. There's a lot of, of forgettable things. Luke, what did you think? Uh, I actually ended up. I did give it a C plus. Um, those two matches were awesome. Uh, but there were some. I mean, Macho Man. The, the right guys made appearances. Yep. You know, we yep. got to see Macho. We got to see Roddy. We got to see Mister Perfect. Uh, a few others there. But yeah, without those two matches, this is a, this is a crap card. I will say this though. Um, I went. I've watched this match. When, what? Sorry, I watched this pay per view when I was younger. My brother and uh-huh. I had this VHS set of WrestleManias one through fourteen. So I watched. I watched the heck out of those tapes. And Dakota picked this pay per view. It's one of his all time favorites. I remember watching as bad as that main event was. I remember watching and seeing Brett finally get the win. And as a kid, it, I I know what you felt, Dakota. I know what you felt, and that that finally that glorious achievement of Bret Hart. So I I will give credit there, and and I felt that when I was a kid. But now it's just as a, as a smart, it's just like man, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was ass. Yeah. So coming up next week. We have one of my favorite pay-per-views, and I'm actually worried that it won't stand the test of time. We will see. It was the first TNA pay-per-view I ever ordered, Bound for Glory 2005. We got a DVD for this if you're watching. Some matches on the card. We have a Monsters Ball match between newly cemented. Is that the right word? Cemented? Cemented? Newly cemented. Yep. Yeah. Uh, TNA Hall of Famer, the Monster Abyss. Yes, congrats. He deserves it. Yes, sir. Versus Rhino versus Sabu versus Jeff Hardy, who is not too drunk to wrestle on this one. <laughs> we also have Samoa Joe versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Yes. We have the NWA tag team belts between America's Most Wanted and the Naturals. We have an Ultimate X match with Matt Bentley, who is Shawn Michaels' cousin. Petey Williams and Chris Sabin. We have an X Division Championship Iron Man match between AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. We have a 10-man gauntlet. For the main event for that match, it's going to be Abyss, Rhino, Monty Brown, AJ Styles, Ron Killings, Kip James, which is Billy Gunn, Mm -hmm. uh, Samoa Joe, Lance Hoyt, Sabu, and Jeff Hardy, and then a main event, special referee Tito Ortiz versus Jeff Jarrett, and the winner of that battle Is Kip James, Billy Gunn, or Road Dogg? Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn. BG, BG James, who also is oh, in this card, okay, okay. one of the earlier matches I didn't list um, off, is on it. Yeah, what a, that is the potential there's to be no, a pretty Dude, there's sweet no show, way dude. that's not a good show. If, if I remember show. correctly, it's good. But then after that, let's let's kind of roll out what we got going on. Roll out. Next, after this, after Bound for Glory, we'll have King of the Ring 1998, 
which oh, which is wait. a big one. Which is the uh, couple matches off the top. We got Undertaker versus Mankind in a Hell in a Cell and Kane versus Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWF Championship. Both great. After that, we have Halloween Havoc 1996, which was a fan request. It has Hogan versus Savage for the WCW World title in the main event. And mm. we also have the Outsiders versus Harlem Heat. Mm. Some other good matches on there as well. After after Halloween Havoc 1996, we have WWE Evolution 2018, which Zach will not be here for. Yeah, you guys will be we'll have, running we'll, shit. We'll have a mystery third man, I'm thinking. We'll, we'll have a third man, but we don't know who it is yet. Well, it's, it's, it's Sean Stasiak. I wish. Hey, Doc, <laughs> hit us up. And then in November, we're going all Survivor Series all month long, yes, which I right. think is fun. We got Survivor Series 1990, Survivor Series 1997, which is the Montreal Screwjob, mm-hmm. Survivor Series 2018, and Survivor Series 2003. That should be fun. I'm it's looking gonna, forward to that. It's going to be fun. I love the Survivor Series style matches. Yeah, you will have too. lots to give thanks for. Yes, and we're working out our, our December schedule. We have a few shows on the docket. I do want to get... Uh, uh, the Ring of Honor, uh, Supercard of Honor 2015 is what we decided on. I think uh, so. We're going to try a Ring of Honor show December, January, sometime around there. Um, we we could use some more requests. We have some coming in. Um, you'll find we had some good our, requests. On our, on our Facebook, we have some good requests. Uh, I can't remember any off the top of my head, but go to our Facebook. I think my brother said Halloween Havoc like 86 or something. 89, I think. Yeah. And then Colin Vassarino had a couple. Yeah, uh, but we, we could use some more and we can narrow it down from there. So send us your requests for shows you'd like to see in the month of December. Uh, and going forward, we will keep wanting requests for in January onward because we are we are a steam train that is, is a moving and it's not going to stop. We and might be moving just, slow, but we're going to get back on speed. So. That's right. And we're just some sexy boys. Sexy boys. I'll make your ankle hurt. I think I switched songs there. Uh, Anyways, we love every single one of you guys who are listening. Please share this with your friends. Please engage with us on social media. Thanks for listening. I'm Brett Screwed Brett. Brett Screwed Brett. Ooh, yeah.